Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Radio home of the Buffalo Sabres. Live from KeyBank Center, this is the Post Game Show on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Here's your host, Brian Cozio. Back the other way comes Dolene. He'll drop it back. Krebs across, scores! Victor Dolesin in overtime! And the Sabres win it 6-5 with 18 points. Seconds left in the extra period. There it is. Game winner, Dan Dunleavy on the call. You heard it live right here on the Buffalo Sabres radio network. Victor Olison with a blast. His 15th of the season, second of the night. A beautiful setup from Peyton Krebs with 19 seconds left in the overtime. And the Sabres win it by a score of 6-5. to five. We welcome you here to the press box as we... Catch our breath on what was a thrilling night to be in the building to watch hockey. Brian Colziel, Pat Malacaro will be going down to the locker room shortly. Paul Hamilton to get player reaction. Pat, if you like hockey, that was a fun game to watch. Man, what a boring <laughs> overtime, wasn't it? Holy cow. Wow. How many times have we sat through an overtime where teams just keep the puck, they, they dance around the neutral zone, they keep it in their own end? These two teams up and down the ice – just kept trading chance after chance and different points. A two-on-one, Thompson and Tuck, Skinner with the, the breakaway attempt. So many opportunities in that three-on-three overtime. And that's after, like you said, all of the, the scoring that happened in regulation. Both teams with special teams goals. Multi-point performances. Rasmus Dahlin leads the way with five points. Casey Middlestad had a big game for the Sabres. I mean, you name it. Pretty much everybody you wanted on the score sheet uh, factoring into this game in some way found a way to do it. And Victor Olofsson starts the scoring, bookends it with the game winner. Wow, what a, what a th- the overtime. I, I, yeah. Just th- there was the, the moments where you had Tuck robbed on that two-on-one where he and Thompson come down, and it looks like maybe 
it was going to get kind of taken out by Minnesota defensively, and then Tage, the last minute, the pass over to Tuck, looks like maybe he has Flurry down. If he could just lift it, give Flurry credit. Right. Amazing job to get over there in time. And then, just seconds later, Skinner's coming in on a breakaway. He's unable to score, and then the Wild come back the other way with maybe their best chance of the OT. Pretty wild stuff right there. Probably three or four times there could have been, should have been, a penalty called yep. on both teams. Referees, you know, whether you want to debate that or not, they let it all go in the OT. And then it comes back. Krebs, who didn't see the ice in the OT until just that until that shift right there, makes a gorgeous pass to a guy that you know can finish. But the setup from Krebs, very, very good. And the Sabres win. Darlene gets an assist on that, Pat. Five points in this game. What a night for Rasmus Dahlin. Scores the game-tying goal that gets through Marc-Andre Fleury five-hole. Just absolutely buries the slap shot. Yeah, he had uh, a heck of a night. Uh, I haven't seen the final numbers and what his ice time was, but you know, another night where he just logs big minutes. You don't see any uh, any type of being worn down at all in this game for Darlene where he plays nearly 30 minutes, 29-25 of ice time. Owen Power, 28-53. seemed like Darlene and Power late in the game were really being leaned on by Don Granato uh, to, to play a lot of minutes. And for really still a rookie, just a handful of games last year to be playing n- nearly 29 minutes. Uh, Darlene is playing so well and Power right there with him. Those two log big boy minutes for the Sabres down the stretch tonight. For sure, no doubt. Again, a complete performance here. You get a couple of goals on the power play. Your big guns come through, Darlene and Thompson. But Cousins comes through for you with a goal. We mentioned Olafson. Casey Middlestat continues. We talked about him in the first intermission, Pat. His game continues to get more consistent, more of a playmaker, more of the things we've just been watching the World Juniors the last two weeks. Remember when Middlestat was so good in that event? We're seeing some of that playmaking ability. He has three assists, three primary assists tonight. So he's... Really a creator on three of those goals. He is had to take a couple of face-offs at times and relied upon, trusted uh, to to try and win a face-off. We saw late in the game when Don Granado was kind of mixing and matching his lines a little bit, trying to get a couple of players extra ice time. Middlestat was one of those players that saw more ice time as the game went on. So a credit to him and a credit to Don Granado to to have the feel when you've got someone like Middlestat creating – uh, so much offense to get him back out of the ice and find a way to do it. 5-4, Sabres win it in overtime. Or sorry, 6-5, Sabres win it in overtime. Brian Colziel, along with Pat Malacaro here, will be heading down to the locker room shortly to get player reaction here as Buffalo found themselves down 5-4 late in the game. Rasmus Dahlin scoring on a shot from the wall. From all the wild saves and all the good quality goals tonight, the goal that Fleury lets in to make it 5-5, is one he's probably going to be looking back and saying, man, that was, that was maybe the difference maker there. That was a shot from the wall, taking nothing away from what the Sabres did there that we didn't expect Fleury to let in. Yeah, it's just a, a booming slap shot that Dowling puts right through the five-hole. You're right, that's the one where you're, you're looking back and saying, you just need a save right there. There's only two and a half minutes or so to go, 2.24 left in regulation. You make the save. You still have to play probably uh, five on six. The Sabres are going to pull the goaltender, but you at least give yourself a chance. And go credit the Sabres. Uh, It looked like Minnesota really, they get the fluky goal to start the period. You get the power play goal that was just a snipe by Eric Sinek. 
and Minnesota, we talked about it. We were sitting up here watching. They just clogged things up so well. They stifled Buffalo for much of that third period, didn't give the Sabres many chances. So a credit to Buffalo for not not going away and, and finding a way to get the game to overtime. For all the Goathead jersey lovers out there, well, you can continue to stand tall. Sabres are now 5-0 and wearing those jerseys. And in every game, Pat, incredibly, this is not even averaging six goals. They have legitimately scored six every single time. What did I tell you after the second period? <laughs> yep. You said they got to get two more to get to their average. They ended up doing that. So, uh, yeah, Goathead black and red jerseys doing very, very well in this game tonight. So Pat mentioned the ice time of Darlene, 29-25. His complete stat line, two goals, three assists, five points, a plus two, four shots, three hits, first star. He was dominant tonight. How about we've got to mention the the crowd that was here at this game tonight uh, at capacity, and how about when Tage Thompson scored? The chance that rang from the seats of MVP, realizing that, you know, we all know the type of season he's having, but that was the type of atmosphere in this building tonight. Again, we talked about it going into the game. What would it be like in here? Expected a big crowd. They were The fans were into it. The players fed off it, and it was a lively night here in the building. Darlene's stats is our stats of the game brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Other stats, Minnesota ends up with 44 shots. So Lukanen very busy. He makes 39 saves. Buffalo with 37 I thought Flurry was good too, Pat. They both both goalies faced quite a bit of, I thought, pretty decent opportunities. The OT was just wild how both of them kept the puck out of the net for as long as they did. Yeah, and, and right up until that that's that goal by Darlene with two twenty four left, there really wasn't a time in the game where you you really thought Marc Andre Fleury uh, was playing poorly or anything like that. Uh, Sabres, you know, the power play goal by Thompson s- takes six seconds, tic tac toe to score and that's the other thing. The passing was so good for the Sabres on all those goals. Really, you look back on it, um, the Sabres, the offense just continues to, to put up uh, good shifts and don't turn the puck over all that much, which resulted in a lot of those chances. So they'll get you the three stars here now. Olafson scores twice, as Pat mentioned, to start the game and finish the game. Star number three, middle stat, very quality game for him. He has three assists. Star number two, and Rasmus Dahlin, we mentioned his big night, five points. Star number one, he's the electric player of the game. Brought to you by Town BMW for an electrifying performance. Check out Town BMW's lineup of EVs. You mentioned the crowd, Pat, officially a sellout, 19,070. If you want to come to a game, well, you have the opportunity. The Sabres are going to play at home six times in the next two weeks. Remember, for those of you that maybe have your schedules that you printed out to start the season or whatever, there's a game Monday. That was the part of the makeup schedule for the postponed games. Home against Philadelphia. The Flyers, one of the bottom teams in the East, so on paper the Sabres will be favored in this game. Then Seattle Tuesday, then Winnipeg on Thursday. All three at home. They go on the road Saturday to Nashville, and then three more at home the following week. They got the Kids' Day game for Martin Luther King Day on Monday against Florida. Road in Chicago, and then home for the Islanders, home for the Ducks. So six home games in the next two weeks coming up. There were 10 shots on goal in overtime. Wow. They don't, 10. That, usually it's like 2-1. to one. Right. Yeah. It, it takes three or four games to get 10 shots. Absolutely. Sabres win it 6-5. to five. Brian Colziel, Pat Malacaro here on the postgame show. We'll be heading to the locker room shortly. Paul Hamilton with player reaction. Yeah, Pat mentioned the shot. 6-4 Minnesota in the overtime. It ends up 44-37. 
in the game. We'll be uh, also hearing from Sabres head coach Don Granado. That's coming your way shortly uh, as the Sabres getting it done tonight. But the play of the game here, we're going to give it to Peyton Krebs, setting up Olofsson for the game winner, his 15th of the season, second of the night with 19 seconds to go in the game to give or in the overtime to give Buffalo the 5-4 to four win. That's our play of the game, and it's brought to you by NOCO, delivering comfort to homes and businesses since 1933. Okay, Olofsson gets the game winner. He's ready down to the room, now live with Paul Hamilton. Victor, with the fans and coming back to win when you're behind, how did all that feel out there? Uh, it was pretty special. Uh, the, the fans were incredible, and uh, it's, it was one of the, the loudest games I've, I've ever ever been a part of. And, um, yeah, it felt, felt great come back for, to come back to the win. How did you get so open on the, on the game-winning goal? Uh, I think their guy uh, kind of lost an edge down there, and uh, it was a clear three on two and uh, great play by by Dahls first to Krebsy and then he uh, made a beautiful pass to me and uh, just one time there. What was the team like? You, you fall behind the third, what was the, the team like? And what, what is the team like in those moments? I, guess? Uh, I don't think it, it changes anything for us. We uh, we never panic. We we're very confident as a group, and um, we just just keep going. And uh, we know we're gonna uh, we got enough skill to create chances. And uh, yeah. What's it like seeing Rasmus? I mean, at this point, it seems common for him to have a game like this. But when he's on, like like he was tonight, uh, it's fun to watch. I mean, he uh, I don't know how many points he had tonight. Five. Five. It's pretty impressive as a D. Um, but it's not not only that. He's he's. Uh, He's just dominating out there. He's very good in our defense, too, and he's playing hard. And um, Yeah, he's a great leader out there. In the first period, it's, uh, we talked about this when I had you at the end of the first period. Uh, you guys really were, were good on the four check, and, got, and it must be nice to have it pay off into a goal finally. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we've been doing a good job of that lately. And um, like, I, like I said to you, we just got to find ways to uh, create those uh, turnovers into, into offense, and I think we did that tonight. You guys never lose that belief, do you? Even even when you blow a two-goal lead, and next thing you know, you're down five-four. I mean, that it used to be. Uh-oh. It doesn't seem like it's ever that anymore. No, uh, like I said, we're we're very confident, and um, I mean that's going to happen. We're playing very good teams. Um, there's a lot of skill in this league, so uh, teams are going to come back against us, and you just got to keep playing the same way, and uh, eventually it will pay off. How engaged the crowd was tonight. I mean, that might have been the loudest it's been in years. I mean, they were just hanging out every play. Yeah, it was uh, pretty special to to be a part of, and uh, it was uh, uh, like I said, I got I got goosebumps there in the third when they were singing and chanting. So it's pretty cool. Thank you, thank you, Victor. Victor Olafson in the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, Olafson there at the end on the crowd, which it was evident throughout. They were ready to get going, ready to rock in this building tonight, Pat. The, the chance for Thompson for MVP, the chance for Lukanen, the singing, the chanting, it was all there. Sold out building. This is what we remember when these teams that were so good coming out of the lockout, the Briere, Drury, Miller teams, what, um, that obviously where this city fell in love with this team. It's feeling like we're heading down that path again. And it's a mutual respect and admiration. Don't, don't you get the feeling from the players to the fans and vice versa? We've talked about it many times about how this team has responded, uh, whether it was last season and some of the, the emotional nights of RJ Knight or this year in what the Sabres have been able to do, uh, you know, what, following the blizzards in, in all the different events that have transpired. And uh, this team feeds off the fans. 
and yeah, we've had more nights recently where this building has been at or near capacity, and it sounds like uh, uh, the fans are into it, and, and the players they can feel it, and and, and it's just more confirmation from Victor Olofsson there. Speaking of the fans, let's get our first response from the fans now. Brought to you by Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy is first and faster to any size disaster. Visit TeamLuzzy.com. You can always send me your thoughts on Twitter at BrianWGR. Uh, a couple of, well, quite a bit of reaction coming in here right now. Um, Steven says, in response to my Darlene Statline tweet, just wrote back, Norris. He'll be in the running for sure. Another one uh, from Saberstat says, now that's an all-star performance if I ever saw one. If you haven't voted ten times today for the man, go do it now. Yeah, and I have a feeling that a lot of folks will be voting for Rasmus Dahlin, uh once uh, once, once we see you know, what, what the voting ends up like. I um, have a feeling he may be joining Tage Thompson in Florida. Yes. Uh, we're expecting Don Granato here very shortly, so we'll keep it right here. We'll also have an interview coming up with Rasmus Dahlin uh, as the Sabres getting it done tonight. Uh, Chris also sending in a tweet at Brian WGR saying, uh, one of the best games I've seen from the Sabres in the last five-plus years. Love it. Okay. So, yeah, if you're in the building tonight, you're in your car right now, uh, this is definitely one of those games where you got your money's worth. I mean, Pat, during this drought, how often have we sat here after games and talked about, geez, I feel for the fans. They want it so bad. Spending their hard-earned money, you know, the building, you know, can they get, give them something to be excited about? I mean, how could you not have enjoyed what you had here tonight? An emotional beginning to the DeMar Hamlin kind of support tribute to start the game. The crowd's energized. They're ready to go. Uh, and then, you know, Buffalo's off and running. Some moments where you're thinking, uh-oh, this is going to get away from them. They come back. Minnesota does it again. They come back. And the Oats, that was as good of an overtime. I know we started post-game with it. That was as good of an overtime as I feel like I can remember watching since it's gone to the three-on-three format. And if you're a fan, who are the guys that are making the biggest impact? Rasmus Dahlin, still very young, former number one overall pick. Tate Thompson, locked up long-term, continuing to get better as uh, his career is, is going on here. So you've got guys that are still young, still exciting, and playing the game the way that it is going these days, up and down the ice, not afraid to take chances. Sometimes it, it, it will bite you, but more times than not, uh, we're seeing the Sabres create the offense that, that ends up um, you know, resulting in goals. And these four, five, six goal nights aren't out of the ordinary now. These are what the Sabres are, are used to putting up night after night. All right, we get past 10 o'clock here. Let's uh, pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Sports Radio 550 WGR Buffalo and WKSE HD2 Niagara Falls Buffalo 98.5 FM. An Odyssey station. Back live at KeyBank Center here in the press box. Brian Colziel, Pat Malacaro. You heard from Victor Olofsson. We're going to hear from Rasmus Dahlin coming up, but we're also uh, on hold here as we're expecting Don Granado any moment in his live postgame comments. So stick it right here on the postgame show. Uh, as Buffalo wins a dramatic one again, 6-5, to five, the final. A big night for Rasmus Dahlin. Five points, two goals, three assists in almost 30 minutes of ice time as he gets first-star honors. Buffalo next up, Philadelphia here on Monday night, 7 o'clock puck drop, then Seattle the next, right co- next night coming back. Uh, and then, of course, they've got another home game on Thursday against Winnipeg. And 
you and Paul talked about it in pregame tonight, just how important it was with so many games that are stacked up over the next couple of weeks, how important it was to start out with two points tonight, try to get two more against Philadelphia, a team that on paper is not as good as you because it's going to get tough. And at some point in this stretch, you're going to run into a game where you just don't have it. It couldn't be tonight because of what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I think tonight, too, I mean, able to be able for the Sabres to be able to figure it out again. It's been a theme this year. There's been stretches during games where they haven't been dominant. There's been stretches in games where there's been some times where they've taken a bad penalty at a bad time. Or, let's face it, Minnesota's really good. Mm -hmm. They're a good team. They made some plays tonight worthy. I mean, look at the goal that Hartman scored at the end of the second period. That was incredible hand-eye coordination. So there's nights where a good opponent, you're playing the Bruins, you're playing the Capitals. Guys are going to make great plays. These are some good teams. But they're still figuring out a way to get it done here. I mean, these last three OT wins, OT win in Boston, OT win in Washington, OT win here tonight against Minnesota. That's three high-quality opponents. But the Sabres were the one at the moment, at the end, were the one that made the final play. And they had to come from behind in all three of those games, too. That's it, right. You had to make up the deficit uh, in the third period. So That's right. They trailed in the third in all three of those games. So they found a way. This is a different team. This is something we started to see last year. It took a very long time. There's no doubt about it. And it took uh, several different uh, roster changes to, to finally get to this point. But y- you feel like the team has learned from mistakes of the past. Th- they're not they're able to take situations where they don't succeed or give up a lead in the third period or have a game snowball on them and then figure out a way to not have it happen again. And that's kind of, I think, the evolution of this young team. And that's the difference from what we used to see from Sabre teams over the last decade to where we are now sitting here and saying, this team is contending. They are right there right around the wild card. It, sure, it's going to take a couple of more wins, and you need some things to go your way to get into one of those spots right now, but you're right there fighting for it, and you're only a couple of points away and winning a couple of your games in hand to be right there. You're in the conversation right now. All right, well, speaking of where they are right now, win number 20 out of 17, out of 37 games, 20-15-2 and two is the record, 42 points for Buffalo. Right now, four points back of the wild card spot held by the Islanders. The Sabres have four games in hand on New York. So the math says that points percentage-wise, the Sabres are actually ahead of the Islanders. Obviously, you still have to take advantage of those games, but you're four points back with four games in hand. The only team in between the Sabres and that Islander team holding the final wild card spot is Pittsburgh. You have a game in hand on them. The Penguins have 44 points. You've got the Islanders and the two uh, the second wild card spot, 46. Then Pittsburgh on the outside looking in, 44. And then Buffalo with 42. But games in hand on a lot of teams. Even if you're thinking, well, you know, maybe Pittsburgh gets going again. Maybe the Islanders don't slip up. Well, you've got the Rangers, who the Sabres could be in sight with, with a ton of games in hand with as well. 6-5 OT win for Buffalo. Don Granato now speaking to the media live. Still has to be fun to coach in a game like that. Incredibly fun to be in as an atmosphere. Um you know, I was here as, a, as an NHL scout. Um, this was one of my primary teams, the Sabres, uh, when I worked for the Maple Leafs. And, and I got stuck in that parking lot a couple times uh, as the only scout to stay to the end of the game. Uh, most scouts leave with three, four minutes left to, to, so they don't have to fight the traffic on exit. And, uh, 
it was because of the passion and energy in the building. Uh, just as a hockey fan, that couldn't leave. And, and tonight, uh, you felt the passion, uh, and our players did, um, from the before the drop of the puck, uh, even as the, the introductions uh, were going and the anthems were going. So really uh, special night, I think, for, for, for anybody in the building that, to see what uh, the collective energy and passion for, for hockey. What was it like seeing Darlene all night, a five-point game, but just the way he was, you know, so dominant with the puck at times? He was a force. I don't know, was it NHL, vote NHL, allstar.com or, or whatever it is, but but there should be some clicks tonight because that that, uh, um, that was a special night by him. Um, and uh, uh, to watch that unfold was uh, was impressive. And I, and I also thought Owen Power was, was incredible uh, tonight. I thought both goaltenders each way, it could have been a 9-8 nine, nine, game. Uh, I thought both goaltenders were really, really good and, and challenged quite a bit tonight. Um, and, and, and Middlestead had a great night. Olofsson had a great night. So, um, you know, lots to be, uh, to be excited about. But, what does it say about your team? Boston, Washington, this game, you won them all in overtime, but you also got the tying goal in all of them to get it to overtime. Well, I told the team afterwards, this is much, much different than Washington coming back. You know, we lost the lead and came back in Washington. I think we did exactly the same in Boston, or the same happened, I should say, uh, in Boston. But when this happens at home, it's completely different. You have 19,000 people you might send home disappointing. And if you think that doesn't affect you in the psyche of you, as a team, as individuals, it, it, it's a it's a load to handle, uh, and our guys just the, the way they handled that it was it was didn't affect them in any negative manner. Uh, they were they were dialed in and believed in their ability to come back, uh, tie the game, and believe that they never lost their ability belief that they could win it. Uh, again, you get in those situations. I know anybody watching the game in the building at home, you, you know, you, you lose and you blow a lead, you get extremely disappointed and emotions just start gushing. Uh, and that, you can't allow that to happen. So going through these things, to, to not allow emotions, to, to just to dial in on, on what you can do and not feel vulnerable. Because let's face it, that's a, you, you, most teams you watch feel extremely vulnerable, and and our guys are, are doing a great job to, to not, and they're seeing what they can do and what they can accomplish and staying very focused on that um, instead of uh, the negatives of it. When you hear Darlene, go ahead. We've seen Victor have some highs and lows this year. Just what was the difference in the team? He's working. He's, he's finding ways to... Um, add to his game to be better he takes it very very seriously he he, he asks to watch film he's very proactive um, you know with the coaching staff and, and with coaches he's he's a guy I can tell you that there's I could shift him to any line and the two other line mates that I shift him to will be happy to have Vic on his line because they they see the the effort they see the skill um, I, I don't think there's any question Peyton Krebs was waiting and waiting and waiting knowing uh, that it was Victor Olofsson that was going to be shooting that puck. So uh, he, he just what he how he does things behind the scenes here. He gets a lot of respect from his teammates and uh, and he does things the right way. He works.
When you hear Erasmus, he was just talking about his last shift. He goes, I was spent. He goes, I was looking to get off. He goes, and then I look up, I had to play defense. He said, there was, I had to. He yeah. said, my team needed me to play that's defense. You, sorry to cut, cut yeah. in there, but that's where you see his compete. You know, there's work ethic, and, and you know, at this level, everybody works hard. But then to, to just absolutely not accept Losing, losing a battle, uh, and we we've seen that out of him. He can get extremely frustrated upon anything that's perceived a failure or a negative, and he just he just the juices flow even more. And and so I'm sure there was a shot of adrenaline through him at that moment, uh, feeling, hey, I got I, I I might be feel exhausted, but that's not that's an excuse. I got I got to get a job done here. So, and he's identifying better with how to get a job done positionally, technically. Uh, learning his position, learning the league, and we've seen that as, as Sabres fans and and, and, uh, and and us in our positions have seen the growth in him in, in just game knowledge, how to shut down, uh, and it was all on display there. Uh, it was, uh, you know, as a coach, obviously you're managing your bench, you're looking at fatigue levels of, of Tuck and Thompson and, and uh uh, and, and the rest of the guys, obviously, um, but you 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 can enjoy it. Um, you know, you're with these guys every day. You've done this over and over. And the coaching side, and, and you have a staff that you have. You, you can find some enjoyment in there, and it was enjoyable. Uh, you know, down the stretch and through the game tonight. You guys have been talking about the trust from the fans for two years now, and get the earn it sign. Is it rewarding when you when you have a crowd like tonight and you hear? Like it's incredible when you have a crowd like that tonight, and it, it is more than a crowd. There was, you could feel the passion in that building, and I think all of us could. Even again before the puck dropped, you could feel the passion. So, you know, the, the nights like this are opportunities to make memories for 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 hockey fans, for for hockey people, and um, you know the MVP chant. I think it was an MVP chant, was it not? And the guys on the bench loved it. Um, uh, got a got a smile out of it, so you, you you know that's engagement between the fans and, and our players, and and they feel that, and and there's nothing that makes them more proud to to know that their work and what they work for and care about working for is is seen and felt. Uh, so that was a pretty neat moment, I think, for all of the guys on the bench to 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 have an unequivocally know it know that okay here's here's 19,000 people engaging in the fact that you know uh Tej is having such an incredible season but he he's where he is within his peers in the league and uh so that was a very neat moment for for all of us at the beginning of the season, you mentioned that it didn't feel like hockey mattered in the moment with everything that was going on uh, tonight did it kind of did it feel good that it yeah, I, I think that's a great, great question because uh, that could have went under the radar. I, absolutely, it did feel that way. Uh, it felt that way for our guys. There was a lots of relief uh, knowing, um, uh, you know, how things are, are turning positive, um, and and so it, it's you know there's. That, that was. It was a big. It was. It was a tough few days. I think for 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 lots of guys or all the guys in that room. Um, you know, you do feel like hockey's insignificant when you when there's events like that, and you some there's some 
I'm sure there's some guilt to it as well. Um, and but to, tonight, um, you know, again, even even from the start of the game, it was it felt different. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. All right, there's Sabres head coach Don Granato. His post-game comments brought to you by Salino Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Tempstar Emergency Services. Specialists bringing heat on and off the ice. We bring it back up here to the press box. Brian Colziel, Pat Malacaro. We'll hear from Paul Hamilton shortly. His take on this wild 6-5 to five victory for the Sabres over the wild here in front of a sellout crowd at KeyBank Center. lot to react to from Don Granato's comments. We'll get to that coming up in a moment. More highlights more standings updates. Also, we're going to hear from the first star of this game, Rasmus Dahlin. But at this time, we're going to say goodnight and goodbye to all of our local affiliates. If you want to keep listening to the postgame, go to WGR550.com, or you can also listen in on the Odyssey app. Overtime win for the Sabres, 6-5. to five. They'll be back here home Monday night against Philadelphia. More coming up from KeyBank Center. I'm Brian Colziel, along with Pat Malacaro. Thanks for listening. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Middlestat with the overlap. He cuts it. Dolene fires. Scores! Oh, he's a wonderful player, and he's tied the game at five. Who has it coming out of the far corner? Centered in front. Felino with a chance. Stopped by Lukanen. That's a big save by Lukanen. As Felino has a couple of wraps at it. A couple of highlights there. Dan Dunleavy on the call. That last one, that save from Uka Pekka Lukanen, is our save of the game. Brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. New inventory is arriving daily. As we bring you back to the press box here at KeyBank Center. 6-5. Sabres winning it in overtime. Victor Olofsson's goal, 441 into the OT. The difference on a nice setup from Peyton Krebs. As uh, Uka Pekka Lukanen tonight faced 44 shots. Did give up five, but made 39 saves. Let's go down to Paul Hamilton now as uh, he is standing by in the media room. Paul, another memorable night. Don Granado afterwards said, on nights like this, we want to make memories for people, and uh, I'm certain that everybody that was in the building tonight are walking out of here with some memories of a great night of hockey. Well, it's so different. I mean, if before... You know, the Sabres would have been ahead by two and then got behind by a goal. Next thing you know, they would have been behind by three because it would have been uh uh-oh, and the fans would have known that. The building would have been silent, and you don't get that anymore. This team has full belief in itself and full belief that it's going to do well, and, you know, you you just don't get that anymore. And um, it's even when they fell behind, and Minnesota scored three straight goals. They still, I think, all right, we're fine. You know, we've got enough guys in this team. We can score goals. And, you know, that that's what happens these days now. You know, they can come back. And, you know, on occasion they don't, like in Ottawa. But, you know, there, there have been so many games recently where they've had to come back and then maybe win a game in overtime or uh, not real recently in a shootout, but they had won a shootout uh, a little while ago, maybe a month ago or so. And, uh, you know, so, and, and the, it, it, boy, think back to a year, year and a half ago, not, not quite a year and a half, we were sitting in here with 6,000 people. And they would scream their heads off, and, and they were into the game because those were the diehards. 
you know, that are going to be here no matter what. And I'm not criticizing anybody for not being here. I totally get it. I totally get why this building was like a morgue for the last 10 years. You know, so I, I understand why it happened. And I'm not criticizing. I'm just commenting that that's what the building was. And now look at it. You know, they're getting sellout crowds now. And they're into the game. They're singing. They're – it's all – you can just feel it. And the players talk about it. Everybody that we interviewed tonight talked about it, how how they felt. And, uh, you know, you're going to hear a real funny line from Rasmus Dahlin. I You know, I said – you know, I asked him, I said, well, do you – do you ever think about what it's going to be like in here if you ever win the Stanley Cup in here? And he goes, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, so, you know, they're, they're noticing it too. Well, Paul, I want to go back to the point you made about, uh, you know, this team not having this snowball into something bigger when uh, they, the, the Sabres got behind by a goal. This might be too simple or basic of a question, but, do you maybe remember back to a time when it changed for for the Sabres? Is it the personnel? What what changed for this team that, as you mentioned, so many years it seemed like it didn't matter who, who was on the team, the same thing kept happening over and over again? It's the type of players that Kevin Adams used to develop this team. It's the development in the players that they're doing with them. But it's the type of players that are in here. They don't care who scores the winning goal. They don't care. You know, they're all in it for each other. You know, after that goal goes in Erasmus Dallin, it's five points. You know, everybody else on the team is more happy about it than he is. Or that Peyton Krebs makes a great pass over to Olsen to score, or that Olsen breaks his slump with two goals and has a good game. I mean, he, he, we, I, we, I talked about with him, you know, he had caused a couple of turnovers in the first period with some really good forechecking before he even scored. So it was almost like his good play, he got rewarded with a goal because of the way he and his line mates were playing. You know, Middlestat with three assists in this game. So it's the quality of individual that's in here. You know, it's from top to bottom. I've never seen a Sabre team have this many quality human beings in the locker room. I've seen most of the guys quality human beings, but you know, you got a couple of them who are still a little sketchy and that mess they had in here before, before Adams took over was the worst I'd ever seen it. That was, that was crazy. Um, But you know, they, they didn't care if they had to get rid of some talent to do it. They, they received, you know, good compensation in return and turned that compensation into what you're seeing now. And, you know, they got the right coach for it. They got the right general manager for it, who did a lot of soul searching and a lot of talking and a lot of listening. How do you build an organization? He got a, he, he surrounded himself with winners, not just Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills. There were other, you know, Rod Brindamore. There were other guys he talked to, you know, about, you know, what do you guys do to get a winning organization? What, how do you build a winning organization? And he would listen to different things and then ju- then develop a style and a plan of his own from some of the things he heard. But if you want to be a winner, what do you do? You get around winners and find out how they did it. And that's where I think we've gotten today. And 
we're not there. And I, I shouldn't say we're, I don't know what we're talking. I'm talking about fans for the fans. They're not there yet. There's more. There's more from each and every guy in that room. I don't think any, anybody has reached their ceiling. You know, I, I think the young players are still going to get better. I, you know, I think there's more from Darlene. I think there's more from Thompson. I think there's more from, you know, the young guys. Yeah, Paterka and Quinn aren't putting the puck in the net. I, I outlined that in the goal in my article earlier. But they're doing things that we don't see. You know, the going over with coaches and going over film and putting in the extra work. And that's what young players need to do because it doesn't all go great all the time. It went great for a, while, for a while. They Both those players were on some very good scoring streaks. And then it dried up. And right now it's dried up. And Granado said in the pregame, they'll be fine. They'll be fine, you know, because they're putting the work in and they're willing to put the work in. And I have no reason not to believe them. Paul, let's just get a quick thought here from you on the, the final game winner. Um, Olofsson, uh, for those that maybe uh, if you want to see the replay, I just tweeted out the thought about it. Olofsson, as the puck's coming in and Darlene drops it, Olofsson puts a stick up, raising it, basically saying, hey, I'm here, I'm here. Krebs, you can see, peaks, but doesn't pass it instantly. He kind of waited that one more second, I think, I'm guessing, to let the defenseman just drop a hair more, and then he puts it on a silver platter. So, I mean, we know Krebs is an incredible passer, but in that moment, the, the clock is ticking down, the crowd's going bonkers, it's been crazy back and forth. For him to be able to be patient to let that lane open up, to let it be perfect for Olofsson, I thought that was a great play. And that's poise in overtime from a youngster, you know, who is, again, just like Quinn and Paterka had his ups and downs this year. He was not in the lineup sometimes because he was trying to figure it out. And, you know, you give him an opportunity like that, it's going to be in the wheelhouse 99 times out of 100 because that's the type of passer he is. And he doesn't get too excited, like, oh, my God, he's wide open. It's like, okay, he's wide open. I need one more stride to make sure it's an open lane to him because I want to put it right in his wheelhouse. You know, and obviously this thought process is a lot quicker than I'm saying it here. Right. But, uh, you know, and, 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 and over it goes. I mean, and, and it's right where it needs to be, and it's in the net. And, you know, that's what I talk about in the development of players. I mean, it, it hasn't been a – uh, everything been great for Peyton Krebs in this in this season, but he's learning his way in the NHL and has been playing much better the past month and uh, been producing some points and and producing some offensive chances and learning the right way to forecheck. He's a good forechecker these days. I mean, you get him in there with Apolso and Gergensen, he's right in the middle of it all, and he's got more speed than those two, so he can get in there first on the forecheck sometimes, and he does. And causes turnovers, and and uh, you know that's just something he's added to his game. Darlene on that last shift, you'll hear from him. He was absolutely spent. He goes, yeah, I, I was going to go to the bench. He goes, I had nothing, but he said I looked up, and I had to play defense. He goes, I, I had to. My team needed me, so he stayed on, and he, he found energy from somewhere to be able to play defense and not only do that, but get the puck off ice to start it coming the other way that, which winds up getting an assist in its fifth point of the game when he had nothing left, but superstars, when they have nothing left, they think they don't have anything left, but they find something 
and that's what he did. Darlene tonight, as we've mentioned multiple times, five-point effort, two goals, three assists. That tied the Sabres franchise record for points in a game by a defenseman. Um, and also, he's the first to have five as a defenseman since Phil Housley did it back in December of 1989. So we're talking over 30 years, the last time a Sabres defenseman had five points. Uh, he has the secondary assist on the game-winning goal. An incredible night where Darlene ends up uh, getting the first star. Paul, let's finish with what is ahead. A busy week. Three consecutive weeks upcoming. Well, they will play four in six games. If you count tonight's game, it's a 13-game stretch over 22 days. But the next three are at home. And at least on paper, Monday is probably the easiest one with Philadelphia coming in. Well, we talked about this in the pregame show that, you know, to start this stretch, because this is going to be a very, very, very difficult stretch. About the only time I've seen a condensed stretch like this is during the Olympic year, you know, where, and you got to start it off right. You're rested for this Minnesota game and you're going to be rested for the Philadelphia game because you get Sunday off and then you have a game. So you're not in that three game in four nights, which is going to be the whole month that they're every game. They're going to be in the middle of three games and four. And that's the way it's going to play out. So get four points right off the bat. Start it off right with a couple of wins. You know, you're rested. You're a good team. Go out there, get four points, and, and, and start it off that way. Because you're going to need points as this month goes on because there are going to be nights where they just don't have the energy. It's as simple as that. Why did they lose in Ottawa? They were dead. They, they just had no energy. You know, after not practicing, and then and that's the end of three and four. Or I'm sorry, that was the middle of three and four. They just didn't have it, you know, and, and, and because they were they were out of gas. And it's going to happen during this stretch. I mean, they're human beings. There's only so far you can go with it. The practices are basically done for March. I mean, you might see one here and there, and if you do it, it'll be 20 minutes at the, at the most. You know, maybe there's one thing they needed to work on or something like that. So they're not going to be really getting any practices. It's basically going to be games and film sessions. And practices are going to be basically maybe optionals or 20 minutes or loosen up or that type of thing. So it's going to be a challenge for this young team. But in the end, you know, you know what Don Granado says. In the end, they'll be better for it. Yeah. All right, Paul, thank you so much for your work tonight. We're going to hear your interview with Ross Mastaline. Also, a little bit later, uh, Craig Anderson as well on just what the week has been like uh, for the Sabres. So thank you for your work, and we'll see you here Monday. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Take care. All right, thank you. Paul Hamilton down in the Sabres room. Sabres victorious 6-5. to five. We mentioned Darlene, the first star, five points. Let's go down to the locker room now and hear from the Sabres defenseman, Rasmus Darlene. Rasmus, there were a lot of ups and downs in that game. What was it like out there to be ahead, and then you fall behind, and then win it? Uh, what, what was the of the whole feeling of the game uh yeah it was uh, a lot of stuff happened out there it was a it's a tough game mentally but um you know we're a strong group and we figure out uh, we figure out ways to win and uh, i guess that that's what matters um yeah it was uh it was a lot of fun playing this game why does the team stay so confident when you're behind late we've done it before i guess uh um we've seen it a couple times now so we know we can do it and um yeah, how everyone reacts on the bench is—it's just amazing. Uh, no one gets 
frustrated or uh, stressed about it. We just keep going, and uh, we have so many skilled and talented players. So uh, if we have, if we get one chance, we will score. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun when the team is doing that. What happened on the game tying goal there? How you shot it from the from the wall? What what happened on that goal? Uh, I just wanted to get the puck to the net. I saw a couple guys around it, and um, yeah, sometimes it trickles in, sometimes it don't. But this time it did, so uh, <laughs> I'm happy about it. Okay. At the end of the overtime there, before you made the pass, I mean, I thought you might go off just because you were <laughs> you just looked like you had very little left. Yeah, uh, I was going to, but <laughs> I have to play defense. I have to take responsibility, but and Upi um, made a great save there. So thanks to him and. Uh, yeah, so, and then I had the puck, so I had to do something. So, uh, good thing we have Krebsy and uh, Vic on the ice. You're at a point now in your career, I don't know if we maybe would have said this in the, your first year in the league, when the game's on the line, you want the puck on your stick, don't you? I mean, you want to be out there and you want that puck on your stick, don't you? Yeah, uh, but I think I sh- I, my drive is coming from my teammates. Everyone wants to score. Everyone wants to be the game winner, and uh, it's easy to play, and you know, it's easy. It's easy to have that uh, mentality when everyone else is having it too. So, um, yeah, I, I I want the puck. So does everyone else. The crowd obviously was able to celebrate Demar in this game, and then as you guys play, there's two minutes left. They're all on their feet, roaring after you guys tie the game. How big a factor was the fans in this one? Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, we're. Uh, we're the same community as the Bills, and uh, like we say, one Buffalo. So I'm very happy that we could win on home ice and away ice after that uh, stuff happened. And um, you know, it was kind of emotional um, going into this game and see the jumbotron and stuff. But um, yeah, the fans are amazing. Uh, we love playing in this arena, and um, the city is just amazing. What's the power of the jersey? I don't know. <laughs> we score six every game, right? <laughs> I don't think we should wear the, wear the blue ones, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we have a lot of skilled players, and um, yeah, I don't know. Do you think back just a little over a year ago, we were sitting here with maybe six thousand fans in here, you know, and it wasn't. They tried their best to be loud and supportive, but now look at it. I mean, I don't know. Remember, was that the loudest you've heard them t- tonight? It, it just seems like they ramp it up more and more. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I get chills every every time I hear that stuff, and um, you know we've been we've been having to we've had to prove the the fans that we're a competitive team, and um, yeah, the fans that's always been with us is just amazing, and um, you know uh, when when they are loud, we just want to win more. So um, yeah, we love we love our crowd, we love our fans. Does it make you even dream more what it might be like in here if you ever do win a Stanley Cup? I'm scared of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what to expect. Thanks, Rasmus. Thank Rasmus Dahlin on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, Paul, thank you. Rasmus Dahlin, two goals, three assists, almost 30 minutes of ice time, a plus two, four shots, first star. Sabres win it in overtime, six to five. Dahlin getting the assist on the game winner. Krebs, though, the play to set up Olafson for his second of the night with 19 seconds left in overtime. Buffalo winning it by a score of 6-5, to five, 42 points in the standings now. The wild card is the Islanders at 46, uh, but Buffalo with games in hand on New York, on Pittsburgh, on the, all the teams in front of them. So an opportunity upcoming, and as I just mentioned with Paul, they have the next three weeks 
of four games and six nights. The schedule, by the way, if you want to plan your schedule, every week's the same over the next three weeks. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Then the next week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Then the next week, Monday, Tuesday. You get to, you get, to get what's going here, Thursday, Saturday. So there you go. You can set that apart uh, for your schedule. The Sabres will be in action quite a bit here, counting tonight's game, 13 games over a 22-day span. Hey, if you were in the building tonight, you had a great game, you had a great atmosphere, but maybe you want to hear how the couple of final goals were called by Dan and Rob. Well, here we go. We're going to take you to the final highlights. Sabres trailing 5-4 late, putting on some pressure. Puck along the wall. Rasmus Dahlin doing some good work to create some space. Throws it toward the net, and it gets by Flurry. and this game is tied at 5. Middlestat with the overlap. He cuts in. Dahlin fires! Yeah, a wonderful player. Good description for the five-point guy tonight. Darlene's 12th. Middlestat also was phenomenal tonight. Power his assist as well with 2.24 to go on the clock. That game tied at five. We go to overtime, and what an overtime it was. A couple of good chances for the Sabres. Midway mark of the overtime. Alex Tuck robbed on a two-on-one by Fleury. Then just seconds later, Skinner came in on a breakaway. The Wild came down. Lukanen with a couple of big stops. And then... As we get down to the final seconds, it's Olafson. His blast from Krebs wins it in overtime. Back the other way comes Dolene. He'll drop it back. Krebs across, scores! Victor Golovson in overtime! And the Sabres win it 6-5 to five with 18.3 seconds left in the extra period. Victor Golovson getting it done. Started the scoring, finishing the scoring. Second of the night, 15th of the season. Buffalo winning it right there, 6-5. to five In front of a sellout of 19,070 here at KeyBank Center. Well, the good news for the Sabres, their injury news is uh, very limited. Only one player still on the injury report as we get to that now brought to you by Losi and Ganji. Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. Only Henry Yoki Haru. He's on the Sabres injury list, and he skated today. Don Granado said it's a pain tolerance sort of thing for Yoki Haru, so he is close. Uh, Granado kind of gave the impression that it might be about a week uh, before we see Yoki Haru back in the lineup, but that is it in terms of the injury. So the Sabres as healthy as they've been all season. It's obviously been a, a fun night here, a memorable night, as Don Granado said, making memories on a night that was special we know the night started with DeMar Hamlin and the moment of support. I'm sure tomorrow out at Highmark Stadium uh, before the game, I'm sure they're going to have a moment just like that. It's going to be electric. I'm looking forward to being there for that game tomorrow. But we've heard a lot of players this week from across all sports talk about DeMar Hamlin's incident. This wasn't just about football. This was about a severe injury that's happened that was something that was really unprecedented. Uh, and we've seen support at all levels, not just NFL, across the league, including the Sabres. And uh, Paul Hamilton, just a few days ago, caught up with Sabres goaltender Craig Anderson, who obviously has seen seen it all over his 20-plus year career in the NHL. And uh, Anderson 
gave us some really good thoughts about Hamlin, about his time and dealing with seeing things like this uh, and how the Sabres dealt with it this week. So uh, before we close here on the post game here, obviously a great night. We thought uh, this would also be something that you'd be enjoying to hear. So let's hear from Sabres goaltender Craig Anderson now here with Paul. Craig, you've been a professional athlete for a long, long time. And when you see something like that, what happened to DeMar happen, what, what goes through your mind as a professional athlete and to see what those players are all going through? Um, you know, first and foremost, I think, um, you know, you think about the individual as a person, not as an athlete, and you think of other families that are helpless, uh, watching either on TV or in the stands. They, they All they can do is sit there and watch. Um, you know, I think these occasions happen uh, so far, few and far between that you don't really, uh, you know, you don't see them, you don't get to comprehend them uh, until it, it happens. And, um, you know, I think I've, I've been a part of a couple situations that were life or death on on, on the ice. And, um, you know, it's no different, uh, you know, that the hockey part or the sports part, football part is, is second nature. I mean, um, you know, your heart goes out to to everybody that's that's close to to everybody to to the, to the individual and uh, like I said first it, you know you think about the family the kids um, that are sitting there watching it on TV and they don't they don't understand I think sometimes we all forget that you guys as athletes are people too I mean we see you as players you know we don't see what goes on at home or we don't see what goes on behind closed doors and that was a very horrible reminder of hey these guys are people too and they're going through something yeah i mean uh our profession you know our as an athlete that's a title that we that we've earned um but at the end of the day um it's not who we are it's not uh you know what type of people we are it's it's a job it's it's a it's a place to find us you know um but yeah we're we're you know, we're an athlete for three hours a day or whatever the time is at the at the at the facility. Uh, but you're you're a dad, you're a brother, you're a, you're a son to somebody. Um, you know, when you when you leave when you leave the stadium, that becomes first priority is is being those other things, and uh, it's really easy to forget that um, as someone outside looking in. But I think as as an athlete, and especially as you get later in your career, you understand that more, especially when you have a family. So. Um, you know, this is this is much bigger than professional sports, and it's it comes down to uh, you know your your life and, and your well-being. You guys had a game to play, but I know there are a lot of guys in this room who are friendly with a lot of guys with the Buffalo Bills. You all play in the same city, have the same owners. Um, Kyle said a lot of you guys were shaken up, and you guys needed to sit down together and work through it as as a team. What was that like for you guys? Um, you know, I think it makes us reflect. You know, sometimes you get caught up in 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 the nature of the game and in, in the daily routine. That um, you know, sometimes you need to uh, reflect and and be thankful for for where you're at and what you have and the friendships you have and the family you have. And you know, you don't want to have reminders like this. You want to have maybe more subtle ones where um, it can keep you in a good headspace. But but these ones are, are earth shaking and. Um, they really make you. They really take a few steps back and, and reevaluate. Uh, just you know, some personal reflection on, on not only yourself, as, you know, regardless of how you're doing as a performance athlete, but as, as a human being to 
are you doing everything you can to, to make sure you're a good teammate? Are you making sure you're you're reaching out to someone that might need help? Um, you know, you can go into the the mental health side of things as well, and, and just it, it, it's a broad spectrum of, of things that um, you know. This is a catalyst, uh, the open conversation for for other opportunities. You look at it, and even after the blizzard, where 40 people died here in Western New York, you guys, you want to be a part of this community. You want to help this community any way you can. And you guys provided an escape there, and I think maybe you did the other night too. I mean, as shaken up as you guys were, you went out and played a nice game against Washington Capitals and maybe provide an escape for people in Buffalo. Is that a heavy load for you guys? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, once you get into the heat of the moment of the game, um, you know, when you come in, come to the rink, you put the, the gear on, you know, it's kind of one of those, uh, you know, tools you train as a, as a younger player. You try to, to leave the outside noise you know, in the dry stall and then come out and, and, and perform. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where you, you play with a heavy heart and you find a way to get things done. And, um, you know, it's it's a it's a hard situation. It's a tough one to, to be a part of. And, um, you know, I thought we, we rose to the occasion. And, and you know, there's, there's going to be days where um, things aren't going well for, for, for people. And um, you find a way to, you know, to be that escape for someone's three hours, whether, you know, like when we go visit the hospital or whatnot, and you're that you're 30 minutes of, of smile for, for someone during cancer or during treatment, and, you know, that 30 minutes, you don't know what kind of impact you have on that. And the same thing with us. We go out there and we, we, we play our best and, you know, do something that, that the city can be proud of. That that's that gives them the, the three hours of, hey, that, that was enjoyable. Now now we can get back to reality and, and start focusing back on the other stuff that, that's really important. But to give that moment of, of relief is, is, you know, it's not something that we, we're trying to do. It just kind of happens by nature. And, and for us to go out and do what we did, I thought that was a, an outstanding job by everybody. Great. Thanks for your insight. Thank you. All right, that was Sabres goaltender Craig Anderson again from a few days ago. His thoughts on the tough week here uh, in western New York, his thoughts on Damar Hamlin and his thoughts on how the Sabres kind of handled it all a guy that's been around for many, many years in the league, over 20 years playing hockey. Uh, we thought it was really good perspective to get his take. Anderson's such a good speaker in so many facets, so I uh, hope you enjoyed that interview there with Paul Hamilton. All right, wild night here. Fun night to be in the building. Sabres get it done in front of a sellout crowd, 6-5. to five. Victor Olofsson's goal, 441 into the OT, is the difference maker, and Buffalo picks up a big win. Busy week next week. Home on Monday for Philadelphia. Home Tuesday for Seattle, home Thursday for Winnipeg in Nashville on Saturday. That's next week. And with that, we'll say goodnight to everybody here at KeyBank Center. I want to thank our crew, Frank Akuri, our network producer back in our Amherst studios. Our crew here at KeyBank Center, Paul Hamilton, Pat Mullicarl, Jonathan Koziel. Our engineer was Tom Manny, and our game announcers were Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray. My name is Brian Koziel. I thank you for listening. Again, the final at overtime, Sabres 6, Wild 5. Talk to you on Monday night here with the Sabres and the Flyers right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 